Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. We better be in Florida. It better be sunny. And there better be some sort of fruity drink involved. With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. You can get on a podcast. You can get online. You can argue with the clouds. You can argue with the, with the Russian bots. Don't care. It's Wednesday, November 23rd, and that means it is time for another electric episode of Eckler's Edge. Joining me, obviously, as always, is L.A. Chargers running back Austin Eckler. Austin, what's going on, buddy? Yo, man, what's up, man? Body's a little sore, um, but, uh, you know, <laughs> mine's a little sore. Sure. It's, I have a love-hate relationship. Maybe I said this last time, but football, love-hate. Like, I mean, oh, you, it's yeah. so great and so frustrating at the same time. But uh, you know what? You know what's not frustrating? Eckler's Edge. Appreciate being here with you, man. This is uh, one of the highlights of the week. Just kind of calm down. I do a lot of different shows, um, and doing stuff like this is, is great when I can just speak kind of freely about what's going on. And, uh, yeah, just hang out and have, have a good time with the boys. So no doubt, let's get into it, man. No doubt, man. Um, yeah, you did say that last week. I feel like you can say that yeah. you can, dude, you can say that literally every week, literally every week. Right. I mean, every week we're in the win or lose. We're in the thick of it too. It's we're heading into week 12. Like we're not even yeah. in the, we're not really close to the end, but we're not even close to the beginning. We're pretty far away from that. So it's definitely yeah. that time of the season, man. <laughs> I'm sure you're feeling it much more than me or anybody else uh, out there. Yeah, man. Literally, win or lose. Like, if I win, it's like, yes, I love it. Lose, ah, come on. I still love it, but it's like, ah, frustrating at the same time. Totally. Um, but, yeah, you know, the season, it, it drags. It drags. And, you know, just time in the year, my body, like, my, I just feel my spine is, like, sore, like, just twisting. My neck is sore. Just, like, my lower body is sore. Like my shoulder sore. And it's like, ah. Uh, my energy is, I'm holding on, man. Let's go. Let's keep pushing, keep pushing, right? Like the season, as it just continues to go on, it just continues to test you mentally and physically. Um, because guess what? There's no there's no drop-off. Right. You got to keep going. You have to continue to play at a high level no matter what because you got a scheduled amount of games, and then hopefully you're getting getting to earn more after that. So, ooh, 
that's the love hate right there. It's a grind. Well, I'll tell you what, you're making me feel bad. I'm sure listeners to the podcast could uh, could tell I've been a little <laughs> under the weather the last couple of last couple of days since I. Oh, got and I'm back. sick too. Oh yeah, yeah but it's it's that time of year, right? So I'm walking around the house like you know complaining. Oh, my nose is stuffy. I'm I'm sneezing, and you know, Austin's here like my shoulders sore, my spine is sore, all this stuff. I'm like, okay, I, maybe yeah. maybe I need to shut the hell up. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we're 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 wishing for the best for you, man. Hey, but before we dive into the show, um. Any giveaways you got to hype up here uh, for the people as we head into this week? The huge, man. We got the huge going on. Uh, make sure you jump into that. Our attendance has been going on the rise. Uh, been, uh, you know, score some decent points. Need to get back into the 20s and 30s. But if you got me on your team, um, you can get yourself back into uh, my jersey giveaways that I do every single week. Signed jerseys. I give away two of them. All you got to do is retweet or post on Instagram and tag me um, that you have me on your team and it automatically enters and we pick two, one from each uh, platform and we'll hit you up in the DMs. So yeah, man, get yourself a jersey out there. I mean, I, I think you've been doing just fine in, in, in fantasy, all right? I don't know. You, <laughs> yeah, I think you've been doing fine, but we'll we'll get into your performance and, um, and the Chiefs and Chargers game in just a second here. But uh, wanted to ask you if you got a chance to catch any of Monday Night Football in Mexico City. Um, you know, 49ers, Oof. 38 points, Cardinals, 10. Oof. That 49ers offense, like, it's, it's weird because we talked with Debo last week about how many dudes they've got on there. And yet sometimes, like that game against you guys, it's like, okay, that was... They won the game. Some of the guys popped off and everything. But it feels in a way like it should look like this every week, right? Like 38 points and all these dudes go off. Ayuk, two touchdowns. Kittle, two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. CMC catches seven balls. Debo has a big-ass play. Like, I mean, it feels like it should look like this every week. But when it does, it's pretty awesome to see. Yeah, man. I mean, that's that's how football goes, you know. You have these expectations for players that, you know, we say it all the time, papers and play football. Like, we got to go out there and actually execute. Just because we have the ability to make these types of plays doesn't mean we always execute and get those done. Um, because we have people that also have ability that are trying to pose us getting it done. It depends on if we're having a good day, if we're on, if we're off, what the, le the level of energy is, how we're executing, our focus, all these factors that play into what that caliber of play is going to be. And, yeah. Yeah, the uh, 49ers got it done last night. Um, wow. I mean, I, I obviously, um, the Cardinals did not have Kyler Murray, so that definitely yeah, it plays a factor. Um, but, yeah, shout out to the uh, 49ers for showing and utilizing their potential, I would say. Yeah, that was pretty great. And, you know, the Cardinals, I know you guys have dealt with a ton of injuries. Uh, we'll obviously talk about that. Like, this, I mean, it sucks. Phil's got to talk about a Chargers injury every week. But the Cardinals, man, uh, yeah. you know, they've – they didn't have obviously it was suspension, but they didn't have D Hop for a long time. Then Marquise Brown gets hurt. Last night Rondale Moore gets hurt. Obviously they're missing Kyler Murray. Um, so you know, it's just we'll see what happens with them. Uh, they've they've got a lot of questions to answer in the offseason. I think the Cardinals do, but for the 49ers, man, it's just really fun to see all that talent coming together. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> fun for them. Not great for you know Monday Night Football showing for the Cardinals out there. Um, but yeah, they put on a show out there, and it was in Mexico too, so that was a, a good show for them. I know people like to see offense, yeah. You know, so hey, the Forty Nineers uh, fans showed up too. Like Kyle Shanahan talked about it after the game. He was like, "Man, we were pretty surprised, but or we were." <laughs> we were expecting but pleasantly surprised to see a ton of 49ers fans there so they got a big reception nice. that's pretty cool always good it's just good to see you know we talk about football's a grind but and we love it and we hate it um you know it, but we do love it right and it's great to see the game kind of growing internationally stuff like that we've had a game in germany we've had a game in mexico we've got the london games like there's a lot of cool stuff going on so that's great to see yeah um yeah let's get into it 
Chiefs 30, Chargers 27. Ah. <laughs> <I'm-> ah. <laughs> man, man, I, why is, mm, I don't know, man, for whatever reason, like the past like three times, man, I feel like all of our games, I said this to a reporter in the, in the middle of the week, like this game will come down to all 60 minutes. Yeah. Like it always does. Every time we play these guys, it, it comes down to every single second mattering in the game that one team could potentially win or lose all the way down to the end. And uh, that did not disappoint. That was exactly the situation. And uh, man, yeah, you know, we felt like coming out strong. It was a close game the entire time with a couple ch- uh, lead changes, which always makes it a little bit more exciting. You know, not necessarily for us as players, but for everyone else. Like, oh, like this is a good game yeah. going back and forth. Um, but man, we just, we just weren't able to give ourselves the cushion that we knew we were going to need. We need to get ourselves two score lead going against Patrick Mann in that offense because we know what they can do, you know, in two minutes. We've seen that. They've done that and they've proven that. They've earned that right to, you know, be like, man, look, they're expected to go score um, with, a, you know, so anytime on the clock uh, in two minutes. So us as an offense, man, you know, we came out flat in the third quarter. We only had six plays in the third quarter, two, three and outs. Wow. And so there's little things like that. I have little opportunities here and there uh, to capitalize on and get in the end zone even more. But that's football. Like, we went out there and fought as hard as we can, just like we do every week. And that was one of those where it was just back and forth. Both was making plays. And uh, that's that's the NFL for you, man. You know, you, you can go out there and fight as hard as you can, but guess what? That doesn't guarantee anything, you know, because there's another team on the other side doing the exact same thing. And so it was a glorious battle. And, uh, you know, I'll always remember our Chiefs-Chargers battles going forward, man, because they're always epic. Yeah, I mean, I think the Herbert-Mahomes matchup is going to be one of those for a long, long time. You know, Chargers-Chiefs obviously is going to be a, a must-see thing. You, you kind of answered it because uh, I was going to ask you, you know, you, what is your mindset as somebody that's on the sideline that's got to watch Mahomes go out there in the t- in the like with, with less than two minutes? Because I'll tell you what, man, I've written this in my I write a recap column uh, every Sunday night. Uh, it's like what I ca- five things I care about, the five things I don't care about, and I know that I've I've written the line, the headline. I even said it th- in this week's edition. I know I've written this before, but I'm writing it again. You know, Patrick Holmes is just inevitable. Like he's got he's like Thanos, right? In the end of uh, freaking uh, Infinity Wars, where I am inevitable, he, sl- he snaps his finger like that. He is that dude. I like I had to laugh too when the broadcast. I, I'm, obviously, you didn't see this, but. The broadcast puts up like, oh, the Chiefs have a 24% win probability with the under two minutes. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what the model says, but like, you can go ahead and throw the model in the trash when 15 comes out there. Um, it's just got to be like exhausting knowing that uh, that guy's going to go out and do his thing. Yeah, man. Like, I'm there and like, come on, defense. Like, come on, defense. Right. Um, but yeah, he's a great player. You know, and he's shown that, and he, that's what he does. In that, those types of moments, he comes alive with his legs or, you know, when he's throwing the ball, right? He makes good decisions, and who else comes alive for him? You know, number 87, Travis Kelsey. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> one of the best players just in the league in general. Um, and so both of them together in two minutes, those dudes come alive, and they definitely did for their team. And, yeah, man, like, I'm as the guy on the sideline, I'm just sitting there like, come on, defense. Like, we just need to play. And uh, we weren't able to get it done. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I can see us if, you know, we, we take care of business. Looking forward to, you know, being able to play them. Because th- that's a team that, you know, you're probably going to have to play three times a year. Right. Um, on our side of the – in our division anyway. Uh, if we're going to make it to, to where we want to go. So, 
uh, I don't shy away from it. I love facing those guys. It's always it's always a fun battle. Uh, win or lose, obviously, feels better to win. But man, it's just a reminder of why I love to to grind and go and play this game. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, like you said, I think we could see it a third time. Hey, what were you, what did you think about um, Chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco? Like you know, we talked about mm. Ceh's a guy who's been there for them for a while. Uh, he gets injured in this game. They had kind of almost faced him out a little bit of the offense last week, but you know, they kind of were bringing him back in, but man, Pacheco 15 carries over a hundred yards. That guy's got some pop to him. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, our defense is struggling to you know stop the run. Um, and that's been, you know, something that's been for, you know, the past three weeks, we're trying to get it figured out over there, but yeah, that he ran hard, man. He definitely ran hard. Like this guy, I feel like he's got like this this violent upper body, yes. um, like run style. So it, it makes him look like he's like running h- harder than he actually. Like I know he's running hard, but this man's just so jerky. Like he's just like like if you get hit with one of those, you're, you know, you might get knocked out. Uh, but man, yeah, it was just a unique type of like me and the other running back, Sony. Was like man, like when he run, like like what's going on with his upper body? Um, but as far as as far as getting the ball setting the track and running like this man I, like he looks like he's young right you're just really just running just running to run right um which can be effective but i think as he learns he'll he'll be able to control as far as his style of running uh maybe setting up blocks a little bit more but it was definitely effective against us when we played them yeah seventh round rookie so you know he is kind of like you a guy that's really made his way on yeah. special teams like he was the kick returner for them I think that's kind of how he really made the roster in the offseason but they've started to use him more and more a little bit you know so I, I guess that's that makes sense why he runs like that yeah he runs like, like a kick returner right? a little bit right yeah. <laughs> yeah, he runs, for sure runs like a kick returner you know I look at uh Cordero uh Patterson you know what that guy runs is the same way man he's setting the track and he's running through whatever's in, in front of him that direction um so that makes sense now yeah, um, but still, just overall, it's hard to say like, oh, the Chiefs have a missing dimension because their offense is so good. But it feels like they have at least this year and, you know, parts of er- late last year, they'd kind of missed like a bit of a power running dynamic. And um, they have a great offensive line they've invested in and everything. It feels like Pacheco could give them an extra dimension. So certainly for folks that picked him up on their fantasy team, like if CEH is going to miss a bunch of games here. Like Pacheco, they they might not be throwing him the ball too often. They've got Jarek McKinnon to do that, but um, he, he could be a guy that has a couple big games on the ground here to uh, to end the season for sure. And and you know, just like I always love rooting for the guys that are kind of underdogs like this. Just like I said, similar to you, seventh round rookie, like somebody that when he popped up in the preseason, everybody's like, who the hell is this Isaiah Pacheco guy that everybody's talking about? And you know, he's, he's certainly making it happen here. Heck yeah, man. That's that's one of the great things about the league, man. Like it doesn't matter where you where you're at, where you're from, where you're drafted, undrafted, like you get an opportunity, man. Like that's that's really all you can ask for. You can take advantage of that and guess what? You start to create a new narrative for yourself, start to create a new role, and you start to build on that. Like like six years ago, no one listening to this knew who Austin Eckler was. Like right. no one knew that I used to wear number three um in preseason and I was just out there trying to find a way, right? But you continue to build on a role that you have and then you get a little bit more trust and up from the organization from your coaches you build a little bit more build 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 and then you just you know after you do that for a few years all of a sudden you just have this giant thing that you've built up your big role your reputation um and so 
that's what's great about the NFL is allows you to do that. And then it, it spills over into your life. And there's so many life lessons that can be learned, you know, from football that can transfer into your life. And so that's, that's where I love uh, just how it all comes back for full circle as far as the things that are learned along the journey of football. Um, yeah, man. I, I remember, I think was it 2017 was your rookie year. I remember being at NFL Network at the time, uh, talking to my, my buddy James Coe, who I, I still work with uh, on my side project, uh, Reception Perception now. But um, we were both like, who the hell is this Austin Eckler? Like the what? Like yeah. what? The, what is this guy? Like he's he's pretty. He's got some. He's got some juice as the receiver, right? And now it's like okay, that seems crazy to say now because you're one of the most established running backs in the NFL and you're a great player. But you're right. It is that journey. And like when we first met in early 2020, like you, you were in a yeah. different place in your life then than you are now. And it's just you're right. It is yeah. like the journey of life and the journey of football and, and stuff like that. You know, and and we'll see what happens with Isaiah. But it's it's just pretty cool to to see that for I love that's why I love following guys throughout the course of their career because everything can be so different and and like the ups and downs of it all is, is fun to try it's interesting too yeah it's very interesting just to see like hey like how are they doing are they doing anything you know in the community like what are they getting into like that's why I encourage guys to like hey like share a little bit of your personal life not necessarily like things you're doing day to day but things you're interested right. in right because it adds depth to the story of yourself right it, it, it gives it gives a a deeper meaning to the connection that people may have to you because they might be also interested in the same thing and they like you as a football player at the same time. Now you get a now you get a double whammy. So when your football career ends, right, you have the longevity of why they're still interested in you because they still are like, oh yeah, he does X Y Z. I also like to do X Y Z. Maybe it's you know, like we you were having um, Jonathan Taylor on here. Um, you know, he likes to play video games. Maybe you like to play the same video game. Maybe he puts out some content, starts getting into that. Like all these different things that you can do. Like for myself, I would say for me, I like to put out like little motivational clips, right? I love to help people just try to become a better version of themselves. Um, and so hopefully you can find value in that, right? It's, it's just these value exchanges. Can I give value to my team? Can I give value to my friends and family around me? We have Thanksgiving coming up, perfect opportunity, yeah. right? To come and connect with people, right? To just, you know, you know, see people that you haven't maybe saw in a while and right, reconnect, see how they're doing, um, right? Just continue to keep connections close. And so, man, for me, that's really, that's really like my, my entire life journey is how can I create value in my life? Not just a football, because I didn't even, you know, know I was going to be playing in the NFL. I didn't even think about playing in the NFL when I was growing up. I just really thought about growing myself and the opportunities in front of me and adding value where I could and growing on those. And so, man, good stuff, good stuff we're talking about. So, yeah. Isaiah, we're watching, man. Yeah, definitely watch and see what happens. And uh, it's a great point overall. Like, there's just uh, a lot of people like to see more about you guys than just like you as players. And even like for me and my you know, platform or whatever, it's like I'd like to try to talk about stuff beyond just like football sometimes. Sometimes. And, you know, there'll always be trolls yeah. that are like, Hey, stick to football, whatever. And I'm not trying. I'm not trying to get out there and get into serious stuff, but like, you yeah, know, talk yeah. about like stuff I like to cook, like my dogs, my real life yeah. stuff, like that. And for the most part, it's like, okay, well, if you don't want to hear about it, just keep scrolling, right? Like, just just whatever. Like, you can just ignore it. But yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's cool for people to see beyond just you guys as a player. Um, we got to talk yeah. about the charges here a little bit, though. Um, you had a great performance on the ground, 19 carries, 83 yards. I know you. you feel like you've left some opportunities on uh the field everything like that only two catches though and austin this is something that you have talked about on the podcast is it's great like okay my fantasy numbers are great because i'm putting up all these catches but like i want wide receivers making those plays because you know be bigger plays and keenan allen back in the offense five catches 94 yards 
man, the guy's just, he's so good, right? Like, he he just brings such a dimension of the, like, he, <laughs> he's, so, he's good. so good, right? I, he's just, and he's still so good coming off the oh, injury. Man. You know, he's like, thir- what is he, 30, 31 years old? Guy, it don't even matter. Yeah. He's got game that ages like, like fine wine, you know? He ages well because yes. he's such a good route runner. Wow. Yeah. See, see, look at the beauty of our team when I don't have to catch, you know, eight, ten balls or have them all thrown to me. Like, that's what I want to see. Like, J. Herb's throwing it down the field, man. Like, we're we're moving the ball chunks, chunks. Like, we need explosive plays. Not saying I can't get those, but it's saying, like, it's a lot higher probability if we're throwing the ball 15 yards down the field instead of throwing it to me two yards past the line of scrimmage. Now I got to go try to get 15, and everyone's rallying to me, and I got to bake three tackles to do that, right? So, yeah, for, for fantasy purposes, yeah, it's great if I'm catching all those balls. Um Maybe even not because then it, it, we're getting one dimensional. Right. You know, I caught you know a good amount of balls versus San Fran, and you know, look at that performance. And so, like, it just oh, it opens up our offense so much more when uh, we're able to throw the ball down the field. Um, and man, like, I only had two catches. I was talking um, to my mom, like, like I'm like, I'm glad I only have, I only had two catches. I was like, <laughs> <That's> yes, <great. laughs> like yes, <laughs> like yes. You know, Keaton was back doing his thing. Josh Palmer popped off. Mike Williams was in there, had a big catch. And so, like, man, like getting some of these guys that have made plays for our organization um, and continue to do so is a great feeling. It was a really great feeling to to see those guys uh, doing their thing. Yeah, and look, I think a guy like Keenan Allen who just you know. T- talk about just guy gets open right like just gets open all the time beats man coverage knows how to sit down against zone coverage he's the number one receiver like how many offenses in the nfl do you think can lose their number one receiver that that's that good at that phase of the game like think look guy like stefan Diggs, who i think is one of the two or three i mean i think he's the best but you know one of the best route runners in the nfl if the bills lost stefan Diggs. That their offense yeah. would look different. And it's just it shows up in the numbers. We talked about it last week how Justin Herbert had been under six yards per attempt in four straight games. He's at nine point three. Like it just makes a difference because it opens up opportunities for other guys on the field as yeah. well. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. And like just the things that he, that Keenan does to get open, right? Just it gives us a whole nother option, right? It's like we know Keenan's gonna get open. Like that's that's why we pay him twenty million dollars a year yeah. because he's one of those guys that you know is gonna be able to come through, get open, sit in the zones, get sp- good spatial awareness, good tempo on cue uh, with with blocking assignments, with knowing the game, with Justin's timing, like like complete number one as you're saying, right? And when you lose those, it, it definitely um, affects your team. Um, and so yeah, it was really great to to see him back and. Looking forward to continuing to see him catch some more balls. Yeah, so I think for fantasy, we can expect more big Keenan Allen days. And, you know, maybe Austin won't catch like 13 damn balls uh, all, all the time. But uh, I'm sure you'll make it up in other ways, buddy. Like, you know, like I said, 19 carries, 83 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, pretty solid performance from, from you against a pretty good defense there in Kansas City. Chris Jones, by the way, is a guy that I think needs to be talked about more. That guy wreaks so much havoc. And I feel like he's the most underappreciated player uh, during this like kind of Chiefs Mahomes run here, I mean, we talked about Mahomes, talk about Kelsey, Chris Jones. What a what a stud, dude! That guy is is a game wrecker. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a game wrecker. Like you, as as teams, as offenses, we definitely know who Chris Jones is. You know, especially playing against him the past few years, right? But 
You know, right. when it comes to talking in the media, you know, not talking about three techs, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's like Aaron Donald, and, Aaron Donald and nobody else, right? Like nobody else exists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Oh, like, oh, you're amazing. You know, you, you talk about edge players, but interior, ah, it's just the flashiness. Not necessarily the impact. Definitely a big impact on the game. Uh, but as far as, you know, talking in the media, not the flashiest position. Yeah, you know, no doubt. So. Um. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Uh, we're going to talk about what we're thankful for here heading into Thanksgiving and throw to our Jonathan Taylor interview. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and JJ discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, Austin, uh, it's Thanksgiving week. I know our time is running short, but I do want to give you a chance to talk about your foundation because um, this is a time where people yeah. love to hear about this stuff. And I know you got some big stuff coming up here. Yeah, man, you know, just, you know, talking about Thanksgiving and I know maybe people get a little cringy when you talk about things you're thankful for. Um, but for me, it's like, I would say the biggest opportunity, <laughs> that's what I'm actually going to get to, that I'm thankful for is opportunities like like having opportunities and specifically with the foundation too, because I'm in a situation where now I have resources, I have this platform and I'm trying to use it to help other people basically be able to have opportunities. So big thing about me, if you didn't know, is I love opportunities, providing them, taking advantage of them, you know, helping people get them. Like, like that's like what I'm about. That's what I want to do with my life. Um, and so yeah, with with the um, Austin Eckler Foundation, we've done you know several different projects. We're actually working on a project right now um, where we're building a weight room uh, for a uh, high school in Long Beach. Oh, nice! Um, and for, for me, it gets a little personal with the weight room. You know, people will say yeah, I'm really strong, stuff like that. But like for me, like I really truly believe I I learned how to work hard. I learned so many social skills. I learned how to push myself mentally and physically in the weight room. It's not just going there and wait. It's a weight room. Like, no, this is where you go learn life lessons that can be applied to other things. That's why uh, at the Fosnex Foundation, that's actually our second weight room that we're uh, implementing. And so, yeah, that's one of the things I'm thankful for is being able to give back. Um, And, you know, if you're also wanting to, you know, join in on what we got going on, uh, we definitely have a sale too. I have... I'm wearing some merch today, the Austin Eckler Foundation, and we have a whole other uh, selection uh, of of sweatshirts, you know, crop tops, long sleeves, things like that. They're all 15% off, and all those funds go to all the projects we're doing specifically right now for the weight room in, in Long Beach. Um, and that's at austineckler.com if you want to check that out. And so for me, really, like it comes back when we talk about Thanksgiving, what I'm most thank- thankful for is opportunities um, when it comes down to it. How about yourself, man? What you got going on? Oh, no. I mean, listen, uh, I'm not building any gyms in, in high schools or stuff like that. But Oh, it's, it's not even about that, right? It's not even about doing all these epic things. I've just been presented an opportunity to be able to give back, right? Yeah. And so that's just one of the things I'm so thankful for. Um, and I'm so thankful that's a big part of my life. And because for me, if I didn't have the opportunities that I had, if I didn't have these these experiences, then I wouldn't have been like all those have led up to this point. Right. If I didn't have those, I wouldn't be here. So um, trying to continue to help others 
because uh, I'm in a fortunate spot where I have excess amount of resources. Um, and that could be, you know, perspective, everything's perspective. But for me, I'm like, okay, I have enough, I have opportunities, I have a, a growth mindset that I'm gonna continue to grow. Let me help others do that the same to, uh, for themselves as well. Yeah, man, I, I just think it's cool when you find something that hits close to home like that, like you feel like you came you know, into your, per, into your persona and like what you are as a person, you found yourself in like the weight room, you put that back into people's lives. Like, I think it's cool. You know, look, like you can give money to charity, like you can do charitable things. Like, and of course that's, yeah. that's great, but I, I love to do the same type of thing, you know, when it, when it comes to the causes that I really care about too, you know, and, and it just is that that's how you put some of yourself back into it instead of just um, like putting your resources into it. Cause I feel like that yeah. if I just, you know, I just believe that, right. That there is a way that that exponentially grows and builds on itself when you're putting a little bit of like your soul or whatever into something that you care about like that. So that's great. To see, Absolutely. Man. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. So yeah, we appreciate that. And like, like you said, for us at the, at the AEF, at the Austin Lincoln Foundation, like we love like implementing resources, like, Money is definitely a thing when it comes to like, hey, sustaining some of these things. But for us, we want like tangible. I want you to be able to put your hands on it, use this for years to come, right? That continues to actually physically help you, right? It's in front of you, whether it's bags, whether it's supplies, whether it's, you know, weight rooms, whether it's washers and dryers, like all of these things that actually add straight value to your life um, that you can use. And here's the, here's the thing about it, because it, like I've, I was thought I was like, huh, let me like do a mentorship. And it's like, I can only help people so much, right? right? Right. So let me put a resource there that now it's up to you to take advantage of it. And so that's another reason why I love weight room so much is because you have to be the one to put the one foot in front of the other to get in there and go through the ropes and go through the grind. And if you don't do that, then I can't help you because then you're not in the spot where you can actually be helped. Like you have to be the one that makes up your mind to go out there and actually make a change in your life or actually start something new in your life or a new journey. Um, so that's why I love the weight room project so much. Yeah. And it's not even just about you, right? Like 15, 20 years from now, somebody could be using that weight room. And they don't even know that like Austin Eckler or foundation was even that's part fine. of it. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. That's great. Like, I don't, it's not about me getting recognition. It's about someone else like using that thing and like, man, being like, man, I love being in this weight room. Like I love being around my friend, like it, giving value to someone else's life is what, that's the part I care about. The recognition, there's no recognition. Like there might be a, an A Austin Eckler Foundation logo on the wall. Uh, but you know, after one year, after I build it, no one's going to remember that Austin built that. And right. that's, I think that's also the beauty in it because you're, you're just using it as a resource. That's all I want you to see it as. You see it as something that you can use to better yourself, you know? Hey, man. Well, that's awesome. I'll tell you what's about to better this podcast. We're about to throw to our Jonathan Taylor interview. You folks are going to love hearing that. What a, th This guy's great. Uh, love talking to Jonathan Taylor. Let's get into it. All right. Absolutely hyped to welcome to Eckler's Edge Colts star running back, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan, buddy, how's it going, man? How you feeling? I'm feeling well, Matt. I appreciate you guys taking out the time. It's, it's dope. I actually talked to Austin about this a bit in the offseason, so I'm excited that now we finally found the time to, to get this thing rolling. Heck yeah, man. Heck yeah. I'm glad uh, we got the time to get you on as well. I'm glad you found the time for us as well. So it's, it's mutual, my friend. Um, just jumping in. Year three for you, right? This yeah. is year three. Um, like, I I'm just curious because I know how I feel, and I'll speak on it after I hear your, your uh, response. But year three... How are you feeling? Do you feel like you've kind of gotten a rhythm as far as NFL works? Are you trying to are you getting it under your belt? Like, how have you seen yourself grow into becoming a pro 
coming into year three? Number one thing I would say is now I just keep thinking about like the future as far as my my routine and my process. So year one, you kind of don't know anything. Year two, you start asking questions and you kind of try to start building routines, but you just kind of start doing stuff. You're like, okay, I'll get a massage here or I'll get this work done here. Year three, you start knowing your body. You're like, okay, I know middle of the season, this usually acts up. So in the off season, let me focus on this. Let me do maintenance work on here. So now I'm just like, okay, how can I continue to enhance my, my recovery process, my prehab process? It's like now I'm starting to think of how can I be able to maintain this for as long as I can? You know, we all want to play the game as long as we can. So right. start thinking about how can I preserve this? Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm in the same boat. And then for me, like year three, I feel like that's when you really figure out like, okay, you know what the NFL is about. You've been around it for a couple of years going into your third year. It's pretty much the same thing over and over, but now exactly how can you critique it? How can you do what works for you that, you know, helps you sustain? Uh, and then I also would build on top of that is as far as the outside of football stuff too, starts to really pick up. You said you're thinking about the future, you know, it's not just for football, but also for other things in a part of your life. Cause that's when I feel like, you know, endorsements start becoming a real thing because you've had some time to get your name out there, do those things, right. Start setting yourself up with investments, start to build that, you know, that network. So I'm um, just curious to hear about the, the extra stuff. Like what, what do you do on the off day? What's a typical off day uh, for JT? Number one in the off day, I wake up in the morning. I'm a big Peloton guy. I know some people are okay. Nice. Just 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 oh, rode yeah. the Peloton this morning as well. Got that got that in. <laughs> it's actually really nice. And you don't have to do much on there, especially with you know how much we do throughout the week. I really like it to flush the body. So I'll do a low impact or I'll do a recovery ride, you know, just to get the blood flowing. So I'm doing something on the off day. I usually like to get uh, a lift in directly after the game. So on Monday, so Tuesday, complete off day, love the Peloton in the morning. Um, and then like nice. you mentioned, it's it's whatever I have set up that week, whether it's something philanthropic that I want to get done within the community or whether it's something on a personal le- level. Um, I know I've been following you for a while now. I mean, shoot, this show right here, I know you stream. So whatever the, yeah. that may be that I want to start branding outside of football, um, so that's why I was so hyped to, to come on here and, and chop it up with you because yeah. I just see how you move outside of football and like not football endorsements, but how you build your brand outside of football. Like I, I like to game. So starting to think about ways, okay, should I try to get into the gaming world? Is that something I could see myself doing consistently? Because you know, anything that you do in this world, you got to do it consistent. Yeah. Um, but then another thing is, I'm, 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 I have a fiance, so I'm engaged. So you have to find hey, time, whether it's, congrats. hey, let's go to lunch, let's go to dinner. You know, you got to find yeah. that time. Uh, you know, happy wife, happy yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Very true. Very true. Uh, JT, man, I mean, that's awesome to hear. I Look, like I said, I got the Peloton ride in this morning. Uh, we need a hey, sponsorship. Peloton, where the hell are you at this point? We've got a, we've got one of the best <laughs> running backs in the NFL talking about Peloton on the show. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about transitioning, you know, like Austin said, into year three, just kind of growing into your role as a pro football player, because there was one thing, you know, when you were coming into the league, you didn't catch a lot of passes uh, in college. That wasn't the way you were used as a collegiate player. But and, and, you know, folks ask questions like, is that a is that a he wasn't asked to do it or he can't do it type of thing? But, man, I mean, you've really grown and developed and, and shown those skills in the NFL. Was that something that you've kind of worked on throughout the years or was it just always something that was in your back pocket and you weren't really used that way in college? 
Well, definitely in college, it, it was in my back pocket. And I will say to a certain degree of if they asked me to do it, I definitely could have. But comparing that now to back then, I mean, it's grown so much. Uh, you know, just coming into the NFL and real life, watching guys like Austin, watching guys like McCaffrey, watching guys uh, like that make plays consistently through the air as a bat. Uh, just being able to watch that tape, James White, and being able to, hey, how can I implement some drills? How can I practice these things throughout the week in order to continue to build that repertoire into my uh, into my basket? And this past year, actually, you know, just being able to just show the coaches that, hey, if you need me there, I can do it. I, I can be the guy, whatever you may need me to be, whatever kind of scheme you may need me to, to fit in. I'm able to do it. And I would definitely say it's actually really fun, uh, especially when you, you can make plays through the air. You kind of feel like a receiver a little bit, you know, and, and it kind of <laughs> makes you feel good. Heck yeah, man. Look, it, if if you can mold as a running back to any type of scheme or any type of play style, uh, then, man, the longevity for yourself, right, is so much It's so much greater, right? Just because now you can be used in several different ways. You're not just, you know, one thing, and then you better be the best at that one thing. <laughs> Um, you know, because uh, that's the, how the league works. We need we need some people that can do more. What else can you do? You know, I'm sure you've heard that saying. The more you the more you can do, um, right? That's that's going to keep you on the field and you know keep you uh, valuable to your team or whatever your team you're on going in the future. Uh, so, fantasy football podcast Eckler's Edge. We talk about fantasy a little bit. Have have we tapped into a little bit more? Anything like that? Do you have any teams? Any relationship with it? Stay away from it. What's going on in the fantasy world? With so number Jonathan? one, I always love to, you know, your fans. They believe in. You. They pick you because they believe in you. So, you know, you you always get the hey, don't worry about the outside noise. And it's not so much of the outside noise, but it's more in particular the Jonathan Taylor fans. You know, you want you want to do your best for your fans because you know, hey, they could have picked anybody, anybody in NFL, but they said, you know what, I'm going with my guy 2-8. So, you know, whenever you have those games where you're like, man, you know, it didn't do as great, you know, you should start thinking about your fans. You're like, man, I let the fans down. Uh, mm. that, that's the biggest thing. Not so much as what, you know, the trolls say, you know, those burner yeah. accounts. It's those legit fans <laughs> who really pick you and say, hey, I think my guy is going to go off. And I'm like, you know, uh, I, every week I got to try my best to, to back my fans up. Look, that, that's music to my ears. And I know Matt's For ears real, too. For real, yeah. Because, man, <laughs> man, like like a lot of guys, they, they don't understand the magnitude of fantasy football and how how it adds layers of of depth to the NFL as far as people watching it and buying into us as players. Because you have – whether you know it or not, you probably do. You have thousands upon thousands of other fans. They're not just Colts fans, but they're Jonathan Taylor fans because you've scored them fantasy points, right? And that has so much value that lays within that, right? And so if you just tap in, you know, give them a shout out, say what's up, or you're just not toxic to them, you know, just not doing, you know, the little things that you see out there, the hating on them, that it just holds so much value for you as a player throughout your career and, you know, going beyond your career as far as your recognition. It gives you opportunities and options for what you want to do with your life. So it's like, man, like, I, I love that. You know, you're in year three, man. Like, keep that attitude about it because that will that will pay off dividends in the future, man. It's insane. It's insane. I didn't realize until last season. I didn't realize, I knew people played fantasy. I knew it was a thing, bets, you know, people play some money or just people yeah. 
doing crazy bets. Hey, you need to stay inside a Waffle House for 24 hours or whatever it may be. <laughs> um, I didn't realize how huge it was until last season when you know people would say, hey, are you Jonathan Taylor? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh my gosh, you're my favorite player. I have you on my fantasy team. So not like, hey, you're my favorite player. I know who you are. It's, oh, yeah. that's the guy who was scoring those points for me on my fantasy yeah. team. Yeah, man. And sheesh, like the NFL would not be as big as it is if it weren't for sports betting and fantasy football. Like people get invested because of that, right? And they're they're in, right? There's you see the screaming at the TV, you see the the bets that have been placed on this and that. It's like, man, people are literally and you know, and hypothetically invested um in football because of that. So yeah, I think it's always a plus for any players that are given a little bit of a love or just just aware of that and aware of the value there, man, because for us, that's less low hanging fruit. Like we're already going to go out there and play as hard as we can. Right. So indirectly, we're going to be benefiting them at the same time. So why would you not tap into that? That's just like free. That's just free value sitting there for you. So good stuff, man. Proud hey, of you. and JT, uh, yeah. I don't know if you know this, but like talk about investment. You were pretty much by and large the first pick in every fantasy draft this year. Like that talk about a big time investment. Like I, I remember talking to Austin in the preseason. He's like, I didn't even know I was going, you know, like fifth overall or, or something like that. It's like, yeah, you guys are like the best in the game at this point. So um, not only are people invested in you, they're heavily invested. So then when they see like, it's like Austin says, it just adds that extra value because they see you go out there and you crush it for the Colts and like everything like that. It just adds more value to your to your fan base, to our enjoyment of the game. So it's pretty awesome, man, that you're, you're so open to it. No, 100%. I mean, because a lot of times people can be, like I said, they can just get caught up. Oh, I stay away from that stuff. You know, fantasy football doesn't mean anything. And, and to a degree, it doesn't necessarily affect, you know, whether you guys are winning and losing right. games. But just for your legacy, you you personally, your mm. fan base, the people who mm. tune in to watch Austin Eckler, to tune in to watch Jonathan Taylor, they want to see you do well. And they're invested. Like you said, they're invested. They're placing bets. They're saying, you know what? I'm taking my guy over your guy any day. So, like, we're already going out there. We want to win, so we're going to play hard. It's just adding extra value. And we love it, too. You want to, you know, show appreciation to your fans. You want to help them out. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, I've, I've told Austin no this doubt. before. I don't have, like, a favorite team anymore since I've been doing this for, like, the last 10 years. But I get invested in, like, the guys I really like, like the receivers, the running backs and stuff I really like. You know, I'm sitting there on Sunday Night Football, like, rooting for the Chargers. I, I couldn't really, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. But, like, Austin's my guy. I want him to do well. I want him to succeed. So, uh, yeah, man, it's just all that adding value. Hey, man, we got we do got to ask you a little bit um, about what's been going on with the Colts this year. Um a lot, of, a lot of crazy stuff, right? I mean, Jeff Saturday gets hired as a head coach, and, and it's been going pretty well. Like, you win your first game, you take the Eagles down to the down to the wire there. What's the vibe been like uh, there with you and, and just getting your work done while all this kind of kind of craziness has been going on around you? Yeah, man, like you mentioned, it, it was a jam-packed couple of weeks. Um, number one thing is we were really intrigued by his passion. I mean, Jeff Saturday, of course, given his history with the Colts, from day one, it's never felt like it was about him coming to the forefront. Hey, I'm going to save and turn this organization around. We're going to win a bunch of games. He genuinely wants the organization to succeed, whether it's from the players to the coaching staff to the equipment staff. I mean, he just wants to do his part to help put the organization in the best position for success because, I mean, he's a cult. He's a cult for life. Like, that's what Jeff Saturday is. So, uh, it, it's just important to him, but it's also important to us. You know, we, we want to win games. So it's easy to go and play for a guy that 
he wants nothing but the organization to succeed. It's not, okay, I'm, I need to make sure I come in here and I win a bunch of games so they know that, hey, it was me. It's no, we have a great coaching staff. We have great players. We have great people in the building, in the front office. Let's all work collectively to, to get to where we want to go. So it's just about how we respond. I thought we responded really well going into Vegas after those crazy couple of weeks. And now, you know, we love to finish that one last Sunday, love to finish it, went down to the wire. We would love to come away with that one. But we need to continue to stack every single week. How are we going to respond every week? Because we know everyone in the world is going to be watching us every week now. You know, how are the Colts going to respond in the second half of the season? Mm. That's deep, man. That's because that's deep on so many levels. Like you can bring that into life. You can bring that into football. Like really what our our legacy, what our journey going forward is how we respond to the adversities in our life, man. So could not have said any better, man. Ah, look at this guy. This might be my favorite episode, man. Yeah, Long, no man. Let's, let's go, so let's go man. Here, <laughs> Hey, man. And like I said, the people out there love uh, seeing you guys chop it up like this together. Uh, This is really cool, man. Um, You know, I definitely think, too, just just last couple of things before we get you out of here, JT. Um, You know, it's it feels like there's been a big commitment to you through this like Jeff Saturday transition. I mean, these last two games for you have been awesome. So that that's great to see. But, you know, it's Thanksgiving week, man. You know, we got Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. I I do think before we get before we get you out of here, man, we got to ask you, like, what what's your plan for thanksgiving you know what's your uh what's on your agenda what's typically on your plate any hot food takes you need to drop before we get out of here <laughs> number one number one you always you, this is like a crucial week it's a crucial week because i always plan it out i'm like okay this week i'm planning out my meal so i know i'm gonna have a thanksgiving <laughs> plate because i know there's some guys that are like oh no you know i'm, I'm sticking to my diet well i'm gonna plan i'm gonna plan to make sure that i can have a plate I like um, this but guy. number one, <laughs> number, number one, I am a huge, huge turkey guy. Just growing okay. up, that's just okay. something that we had in the house every Thanksgiving. But I'm a dark meat kind of guy. And mm, and okay. I, I don't know if it's because my mother is a bit older. So, you know, they kind of like that part of the turkey and it just grew on me. But, man, that is like I always need hey. I need a slice of turkey. Hey, can I get a piece of the, the dark meat, please? Like, and they're like, nice. oh, wow. You like, I'm like, yes, please. Um, so I'm not <laughs> sure if that's just how I grew up. Um, as well as cranberry sauce. Those two things are, mm-hmm. I need those. I need those. What about you guys? Any like pre- any prep for specific with the turkey? Like, do you like it in the oven, the smoker, the deep fryer? What's, what's, your, what's your thoughts there, man? So I, usually we have it conventional in the oven, but I actually just spoke to someone today. And they're having like a fried turkey. I've never had that before. Um, yeah, it's pretty I, I kind of want to try that. I mean, it doesn't fried seem conventional, turkey. but I kind of want to try that. Just I've never had that before. Yeah, it's it's. I know Matt. It's pretty epic. Oh, go ahead. No, it's pretty epic. But um, you got to be careful. You got to got to have safety. But this year, I'm taking over the turkey for the first time for the family, and I'm big into like my big green egg, the Traeger. Hey, there's another. Look at all these sponsorship opportunities. For God's sake, we're name dropping <laughs> so many brands. Um, I'm big into using those. Like, so I'm gonna be taking taking over the turkey. Uh, so you got got to wish me luck, man. I'm I'm pretty pretty uh nervous but excited, <laughs> you know, to take over the turkey because, like you said, it's the it's the mainstay. If you mess up the turkey. I mean, day's over. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. Hey, good luck with that, Matt. I have not had the, the obligation yet to handle turkey duties in my lifetime yet. So when that day comes, I definitely want to make sure I'm prepared. So best of luck to you for that. 
Uh, appreciate you, awesome. JT. Uh, Austin, what about you? Well, we'll t- we'll t- I know we're going to talk Thanksgiving stuff, but uh, what, what's Man, your thing? Look, for me, look, I'm not big into the Thanksgiving foods. Like, okay. Like, I, I get, okay. for me, it's more so like, let's get together, right? So I'm having a little Friendsgiving, um, getting together with some of the guys um, and their wives. And so that'll, that's what it'll be for me. As far as the food, yeah, I'll eat it, but it's not like I'm looking forward to the turkey, to mashed potatoes. It's like, eh, it's all right. It's all right. It's, um, but like uh, JT was talking about, like, I'm one of those guys, like, ah, I'm stick to stick to my normal diet. Um, but I won't be, I won't be the guys like, oh, I'm not going to eat it because I don't necessarily like it. I'll show up, but it's really for me just to, to bond, have some good times. I know, I, but the, I, I definitely get that. Another thing is, that's kind of what brings people together, you know, breaking bread over the table. You know, like you mentioned, you're having a Friendsgiving. You know, I feel like food is one of those things that it just brings people together. It's like everyone, you need it for survival. You need it to live. And, you know, whenever you break bread with someone, whether it may be Thanksgiving food or not, even if you just have a, a cup of coffee with somebody, you know, when you, whenever I break bread with someone, it means a lot because, you know, it's just, it's just about life. It's just about life. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Look at this guy. Yeah, well, co-host right here. We, we, for next real, year, bringing JT up. Let's well, go. can we can we keep it a three-man show though? I'm really not trying to get replaced here, brother. So uh, yeah, hey, but yeah, maybe we'll do an off-season episode. Where we all get together and uh, we break some bread there. Hey, JT, really appreciate your time, man. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. You've been crushing it, and I know all your fantasy fans appreciate it. The Colts fans appreciate it, and we here at Eckler's Edge appreciate you coming on, man. No, I appreciate you guys so much. This has been all awesome. Austin, thank you very much. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll definitely connect again, whether it be this For season sure. in the off season. I, I definitely want to connect with you some more on some things outside of football. Um, but no stay doubt, healthy, man. The best of luck the Likewise. rest of the way as well. Uh, actually, we'll be seeing you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. That would be awesome. Definitely. I saved that jersey <laughs> for me. Definitely. Nice. Hey, no doubt. Let's get it done. <laughs> All right, brother. Have a good one, man. Thank you, man. You too. Happy Appreciate you coming on. To you guys. Happy Likewise, Thanksgiving, brother. JT. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right, Austin. That was awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Nice. Nice word. Great, I love that. Great word. That I'm a professional. I'm a professional <laughs> word guy. Now, man, that was awesome. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks to thanks to Jonathan Taylor for joining the podcast. Thank you, Austin. Yeah. Uh, talk about being thankful. I'm thankful that you do this show with us every single week. It's a cool opportunity for people to see you and Jonathan Taylor, like these two studs of studs of the NFL you know, really going back and forth. That's great. So uh, thankful for you that you join the show every single week, man. Appreciate you. Yes. And it, it goes both ways, right? Like I don't, this show doesn't exist unless we have you and our cast behind the scenes as well. So very thankful for all of us to make this, make this go right. And football and fantasy football. Like there's so many things, right? It's, it's all the opportunities, yeah. you know, like I say, man, but good stuff, brother. I appreciate you, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm floored every single week uh, by the opportunities, you know, presented, uh, presented to me <laughs> that I get to get to do this for a living. That's pretty, it's pretty wild. I thank God I don't have a real job. Yep. Anyways, Austin, appreciate you, man. <laughs> good luck to you and the chargers. Uh, the rest of the the rest of the week enjoy your thanksgiving appreciate it man uh up next we've got dalton del don to join me to preview the three games coming up on thanksgiving all right that was cute you know we had two nfl superstar running backs great stuff uh earlier in the pod but now joining us is a real superstar in his own right dalton del don dalton what's going on buddy 
What's up, Harmon? Following Austin Eckler, Jonathan Taylor. Clearly, you're saving the best for last. Um, happy to talk some some Thanksgiving matchups. What's up, dude? Hell yeah, man. Uh, things are good. I'm excited about Thanksgiving. We'll talk about that after the games. We'll talk some Thanksgiving business at the end. Uh, but let's jump right into it, man. We've got three uh, games. Three games I'm really looking forward to for a variety of different reasons here. But we got to start with Bills at Lions. Uh, their second game in Detroit in a row here. Bills are nine and a half point favorites. Your big thing to watch out of this game, and we're just for the uninitiated here, we're going to do this like we do our normal preview. Uh, we're just going to go, you know, one thing from Dalton, one thing from me, and we'll end up talking about the whole damn game as we always do. But anyways, your thing here is uh, Josh Allen's health and how that affects the rest of the offense. Yeah, I agree with the general sentiment that Allen hasn't looked bad since suffering the UCL injury. He looks like he's healthy, slinging the ball downfield, but the results have not been great. Two touchdown passes the last three games. He did have two rushing scores against a good Jets defense, but the la you know, last two, one against the Vikings secondary that's beatable, and then last week, maybe they the whole team should get a pass because of the crazy travel schedule and the practice and inability to practice, but that's still a really bad Browns defense in a dome environment, and Josh Allen had his worst fantasy game by far including just seven rushing yards this Lions defense is improved since it's by particularly against opposing running backs but I mean this is probably Allen's going to be used heavily in your DFS uh, matchups and, and he sets up again the highest over under here indoors against a beatable defense but maybe we're all collectively underrating the UCL injury yeah I think that's definitely possible um, I, to me I was actually kind of encouraged that you know when the passing game wasn't working for Buffalo, they just were like, all right, let's just hand the ball off to Devin Singletary. Let's get James Cook involved. 86 yards on the ground for both those guys. And obviously, look, the Browns rush defense is a total joke. Like um, the Lions, as you mentioned, have been really good. Like Scott and I talked about that um, on the recap. Broadcast. Well, you know, they're really good is kind of generous, but like they've been around like 16th to 19th in terms of rushing success rate allowed, uh, you know, over the last four or five weeks. So they've been pretty relatively solid obviously they shut down Saquon Barkley so um I don't know that I think the Lions are like a shutdown unit or anything like that Jeff Okuda is dealing with an injury right now the secondary yes, so this could point. be a spot yep. this could be a spot where I think we see the best of the Bills passing game because you're right we haven't seen it lately uh but man I, I do kind of think what a crazy situation that was for Buffalo it you was. know like they left on Saturday I was kind of like why the hell didn't they leave earlier in the week but they've got fans like shoveling snow out of players driveways they got like guys going on snowmobiles and stuff like that to get to the game so I guess you could kind of give them a pass but you're certainly right that especially early on in that game they were not in sync Stefan Diggs went like a a quarter and a half without getting a target in that game oh there was yeah 15 seconds left in the second quarter and it was uh for a touchdown but yeah that was bizarre man this over under is up to 54 and a half points a full touchdown more than the second highest Total of the week. I want to uh, uh, read off this Ian Harditz uh, tweet. Josh Allen is the only quarterback with over 10% of his dropbacks resulting in either a big time throw or a turnover worth worthy play. I mean, pretty <laughs> wild. I mean, it's, uh, you love to hear that in fantasy. So, uh, yeah, he's I, I imagine he'll go back to running and, and it'll be a, another real big performance from him. But it's just worth noting that, you know, the drop off since since that injury. But man, 54 and a half point total here. So should wake up for us in the West Coast to uh, to some points being scored here Thursday. I'm, I'm excited about this game. You know, usually it's like uh, some dog game with the Lions. Yeah, but, totally. Look, yeah. 
this could the Bills could go in there and just kick the hell out of the the Lions. I think that's within the range of outcomes. Obviously, I mean they're nine and a half point favorites, and I wouldn't be surprised if if they won by ten points or something like that in this game. But I mean the Lions have been competitive. Like they've been the last three games, they've been much more like the Dan Campbell version of the team that we thought, right? Like they'd be in games. Their defense has been a little spicy, like we keep talking about. And on the offensive side. I'm really curious about their distribution in this game. Um, you know, since week eight, Amon Ross St. Brown has been that dude. He has a 34% target share. Dalton, he has been so unlucky in the touchdown column. I mean, he scored zero touchdowns since week eight. He's getting like tackled inside the five yard line, inside the three yard line sometimes. And Jamal Williams just comes in there and bangs the touchdown in, right? And I mean, Jamal Williams, I feel like we talked about him on the preview show last week, dude. And I, I feel like he's a must start guy. Like you, you said he was touchdown dependent. He is kind of touchdown dependent, but, but my God, like the touchdowns just keep coming. Yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown is tackle at the one and back to back weeks. Very, very frustrating. Yeah. I've been uh, yeah, warning fantasy managers about the touchdown dependency on Jamal Williams, but Hey, if you score every single week, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that the targets haven't been there. Um, It's worked out just perfectly. Jamal Williams has one fewer touchdown than the Denver Broncos, J.J. Zacharias, and tweeted that one. That's just crazy. Um, I mean, 12 touchdowns from Jamal Williams. It's He's been money for fantasy managers, and he'll get, again, if they get, get in the goal line here in, in an offense that's been productive with, with St. Brown back, um, he'll probably find Pater yet again on, on Turkey Day. Uh, sorry, we're, we're not supposed to be talking about the Broncos, but since you, since you said it, did you see the stat that um, – the Denver Broncos or Russell Wilson is pacing to throw 11 touchdowns this year. And his, his house his in Denver has 12, yeah. ba- 12 bathrooms. He has more bathrooms than touchdown passes. He's on pace for this year. So, um, I mean, there's been a, a few absolutely delicious, uh, Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson based stats. I mean, obviously the stat that they, if they'd scored 18 points in a game, they'd be like nine and one or something like that is hilarious, but yeah. So great times. Anyways, let's focus on this game here. Um, Jamal Williams. Uh, like I said, I think he's in a great spot again, 24 carries, 16 carries, 17 carries over his last three games. And Dalton, I know some of that obviously has to do with Deandre Swift's health, who like, how can you feel confident starting Deandre Swift at this point? Like it's pretty much, you're just crossing your fingers for a touchdown. Cause usage is not there, but I kind of feel like, Again, the defense taking a step forward. Maybe they're a more competitive overall team. I think Jamal Williams has something to do with that because he's just like a reliable grinder type back. And and like a part of the identity of the team is like a more physical rushing game. And that's why I kind of buy that he that this performance is sustainable for him. Obviously, the touchdowns notwithstanding. Yeah, I'm, I'm done fading Jamal Williams. I mean, he's scoring a touchdown every week. Uh, egg on my face. I'm pretty sure in our uh, our injury-prone league we're in together that I'm uh, doing pretty well. I I, I'm, I don't want to look, but I'm pretty sure I started Swift over him in full PPR in that matchup last week. I know it's dumb. He's not getting the snaps at all. Lucky that Swift's even getting those touchdowns. Uh, Jamal Williams keeps scoring the touchdowns. Yes, it's not sustainable at this rate, but given the offensive line and how that offense looks and that environment, um, he's going to probably end up leading the league in scores this year, it looks like. So well done if you have him and go ahead and start him every week and quit quit listening to me if I if I say uh, anything otherwise. All right, amazing. NFC East matchup next. We got Giants at Cowboys. Um, obviously, your thing for this game is Tony Pollard season. 
Ah, is he? I led the call. I'm saying he's got to consider the guy a top 10 fantasy running back moving forward, even with Zeke back, given the dominant defense, that offensive environment, and the fact that he leads the league in what yards per carry, yards per carry after contact, and yards per touch. Uh, he's really, really good. It won't require more than 18 touches per game for him to be a top 10 back easily, especially given the running back landscape. I think he's like the 11th PPR guy, even with, you know, now. And obviously, he's going to get more work going forward. So, I'm in on Pollard. Uh, he's obviously not going to continue how crazy he's been, given you know he's not a total workhorse, especially Zeke's going to take the touchdowns. Uh, uh, Pollard failed at the goal line there, and he wanted to stay in, and they gave him an opportunity, and then Zeke came in and punched it in. So that is going to be a situation that was actually only emphasized there as far as the touchdowns. But man, Pollard's so, so good as a receiver, wheels up. He's going to be a difference maker down the stretch quite clearly. Yeah, I mean, I think the the split between those two guys, Pollard and Zeke last week was pretty much perfect and obviously you're in a perfect game script right to just like use your running backs and um, you're just doing whatever you want against Minnesota because they're putting up nothing on the other side of the ball uh, we'll talk about the Vikings here in a second but you know 21 touches for uh, Tony Pollard 16 touches for Zeke like you mentioned um, they got Zeke rolling at the goal line because he's still a really good short yardage back like if you have Tony Pollard on your fantasy team I would waste zero seconds of your life worrying about Ezekiel Elliott because I think Pollard is, is dialed in at this point 21 target percent target share uh, last week as well and the way they got him going through the air I think is sustainable and needs to remain a part of this offense that was a big reason that like I've never been a Pollard guy like what these one of these psycho Tony Pollard bros that like, you know, has been beating the drum for Pollard since the moment he was drafted, that he was better than Ezekiel Elliott. But the reason I liked drafting him this year was that I thought to myself, okay, this offense needs to get him going through the air because they don't have any reliable threats beyond CD lamb. And I think we're finally starting to see that come to fruition. Like he is right now, you know, right after CD lamb, their most explosive player. And that's why I think the usage is sustainable for him, regardless of Elliott's presence. Yeah, Schultz is all underneath stuff, playing with it, damaged knee, and Gallup doesn't quite look the same recovering no. from his uh, knee surgery. So yeah, that that catch downfield last week was so sick from Pollard. Uh, tied with Nick Chubb for the most uh, explosive run rate. That's runs for 10-plus yards, 17%. That leads all running backs. Uh, Justin Fields, a quarterback, leads the NFL at 21% explosive run rate, which is pretty wild. But conversely... Um, Wandell Robinson going down with a, another MetLife injury. Uh, that turf needs to be changed. I respectfully disagree with our guy Eckler about the surfaces matters on injuries. Um, I think they has reported that is going to get removed, but brutal loss there. And uh, Darius Slayton, we can project him for more targets, but how concerned should we be if we're trying to set a DFS lineup uh, comparing him to guys like Jacoby Myers uh, with the fact that he'll have to face digs for a lot of this game? Man, I, that was my thing for this game is like a Dallas defense heat check because I was so discouraged by what they did against Green Bay. You know, they went real heavy cover one and they had moved Micah Parsons off ball a little bit um, to account for the fact that they weren't playing with Anthony Barr. And those uh, when they had an injury to the cornerback position across from Trayvon Diggs, it was just like a print fest for Christian Watson, just going deep, going deep. I was so discouraged by that. Also discouraged by the way that they uh, were able to defend that outside stretch running game, like the zone runs, stuff like that. But then man, they could not have had a better bounce back there um, against Minnesota. I mean, Kirk cousins, he was toast from the first whistle. They were on him immediately. So I think the question for 
all your Giants players beyond Saquon Barkley, who is a set it and forget it guy, even if he's coming off a down game, like that's going to happen. If you have Saquon Barkley on your fantasy team, I don't want to hear any complaints about one down game. Um, I think for guys like Darius Slayton, for guys like Daniel Jones, it's it's what kind of pass rush are we going to get? Uh, Andrew Thomas has been one of the biggest revelations in terms of breakout offensive linemen this year. They're the Giants left tackle, but the, the right tackle spot, the right side of the offensive line has been a bit more of a question mark there. And man, that could be a problem against this Dallas pass rush. Yeah, hopefully Evan Neal can, can return. That would be massive here. Uh, Saquon Barkley, I'm hoping, was rested in the fourth quarter there and even lost a goal line score because of the quick turnaround. Uh, I'm hoping that was the case there because he was noticeably out in that fourth quarter there, but no reports suggest an injury. I'm hoping he can get some fresh legs for my rushing title bet, which is in serious peril, especially against Derrick Henry. Um, yeah. But Darius Slayton, you're starting even in a maybe if Diggs is on him, who's been much better in coverage this year, you're still treating him as a top 30 fantasy wideout now without Robinson in a game that projects they're going to have to pass as seven point dogs, right? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think he's at the spot where he's a really great, like locked in wide receiver three play. And, you know, it's going to be a little bit more boom bust with Darius Slayton because that's kind of just the player he is. Like he's a vertical stretch guy. That's his best, the best deployment for a guy like that. But, you know, regardless, I, I think without Wandale Robinson. Man, what a shame that injury is. I was really looking forward to watching him in this game, and I think he could have been huge as like kind of a layup option for Daniel Jones. I think that really takes something out of the offense because um, like Richie James, those guys just really don't do it for me in the way that I think Ro Wandale Robinson could. So pretty problematic there. And um, I, guess, I guess the biggest question here has to just be like, how does Daniel Jones perform in a in a primetime game where everybody's going to be watching and you know against a really great pass rush? I'm I'm not 100 sure. Michael Parsons is dealing with injuries. That's at least worth mentioning. But it feels like he's been banged up a little bit throughout the year and just comes in and has a dominant performance. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Yeah. Final thought on this game is the Niners Cowboys is going to be a hell of an NFC Championship game. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it uh, pre-show uh, before we started taping how uh, it was great to see the Niners actually finally live up to their potential. They have all these offensive studs. So, uh, yeah, great, great, great call by you there. Let's move on to the next game here. And this one, um, I'll, I'll get us started here. Patriots at Vikings, 42 and a half over under. My thing on this game is like, can I get a vibe check on the Patriots right now? Because I feel like because the dude, I, I have and I, I guess he deserves it. Like Zach Wilson deserves the heat that he's getting after, you know, playing so poorly and failing to take accountability for it. But my God, I have not seen really a situation where like the national media and just everybody was ready to sink their teeth into the guy. Um, and again, I'm not letting him off the hook by saying that either, but I do think we're kind of letting the Patriots off the hook for that performance against the jets where they also got, ba they got bailed out completely by a punt return to end that game. Like Ramondre Stevenson, his least efficient game as a rusher in a while coming out of this one. I know the Jets have a great defense and the Vikings have been a bit more hit or miss this year on defense, but I, I like, I'm just really curious what the, you know, fantasy aside, because I think we kind of know Jacoby Myers, solid player. You play Ramondre Stevenson every single week. I'm really curious just like what the narrative will be on new England coming out of this um, primetime game. It's possible Mac Jones is uh, downplay is due to playing through an injury, but I was one of the, for people who believe he could be like a top 12-ish type uh, real-life quarterback uh, yeah. moving forward, but it's been a not that trajectory at all. I mean, it's been a major setback. He looks flat-out bad. 
Uh, the Jets' defense is really, really good. Like really good, yeah, Top for sure. three unit in the league, possibly. So it, that must be noted. But um, And Mac Jones has certainly performed far better than Zach Wilson in the same conditions last week. So we're not talking the same level there. But this could be a bounce-back uh, game here, you know, against a Vikings defense that's allowing the second-highest YPA uh, in the NFL indoors. So the, the offense could have a, a little bit of a bounce back here, but yeah, we, we, we saw this coming in throughout the preseason when there were the play calling questions and, and uh, it's a transition period for them. And I guess it makes sense in hindsight, especially with Mac Jones is, you know, playing through a high ankle sprain that could really be affecting him. Uh, Stevenson's awesome. That, that catch and run last week, 19 yarder so was good, yeah. so, so good. He's, he's great. And then conversely, uh, Kirk Cousins really, really struggles under pressure. We noted it last week. Uh, Pat Thorman tweets that he was pressured on 60% of his dropbacks against the Cowboys. <sighs> they rank first in pressure rate. Guess who ranks second, Harmon? It's the Patriots. So, man, this is another bad setup for the Vikings. And the other question I have on uh, the outline is. Uh, Jay Glazer just casually mentioned before the games last week that Justin Jefferson's injury is a turf toe injury. Right. And then he goes out and puts up a stinker. So, I mean, maybe it's unrelated uh, or maybe a turf toe injury is something that we do actually need to consider that fan, one of fantasy's best players uh, might be hindered throughout the rest of the year. So I'm definitely paying attention to that. And also it's a setup that's tough for Cousins because he dramatically struggles uh, when pressured versus clean. And for the second week in a go, he gets an elite pass rush. Cousins in primetime, too. I mean, that's like that one too, thing you can yeah. set your watch by. Even the night one, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. dude. I mean, those are the, I don't don't mean to waddle down narrative street here, but like that is a, and we will, it's the late game on Thanksgiving. We'll be waddling by that point. Um, <laughs> it's like, it's a thing, right? It's a thing that we've definitely noticed throughout the years, of course, with Kirk Cousins. So I don't know, man. This, this game, I think, is the most difficult one to read because I feel so Again, I don't feel good about the Patriots vibes. The Vikings are a bit of a strange team right now. Like I could see this as a get right game for the Vikings. And like, we're not talking about Justin Jefferson's turf toe. Like, you know, they blow out the Patriots and stuff like that. But I could equally see like the Patriots feel as if they are the team this year that they will drag you into the mud with them because their offense is certainly stuck down there in the mud, but their defense is just good enough to bring you down and like, you know, keep your point totals low keep your skill position guys in check and i feel they're just a very strange team right now so this one to me is the hardest to project like i could see Ramondre stevenson being the best back on the slate here um if that if that second scenario goes down where the patriots drag them into the mud um but again really difficult game to read yeah, I could easily see that call with Stevenson in this in this setup for sure. Again, another tough one for for Barkley. Um, I could see. Uh, so the Vikings are usually going to beat my Niners now after I jinxed them earlier. But man, this eight and two team has a minus two point differential. I mean, the Jaguars have a better one. Wow, uh, they yeah. are set up though to have a home playoff game here. And uh, by the way, I am aware that the Eagles are are very very legit football team. But this is a hard one to handicap. I agree with you. It could go either way. Uh, both teams we're unsure of it, uh, right now with a lot of question marks. And um, I I will project it to be um, because of the the reasons we've said here. I, I'm going to consider this one to be a lower scoring one of of the three. Yeah, 42 and a half. Give me the under on that one. I don't see either team really getting it going offensively. Uh, again, I could see it from the Vikings, but then I, then I just don't see it at all from the Patriots. So I think this could definitely a lower scoring game. All right, Dalton, that was a super efficient performance from you, but it is Thanksgiving. I got to know what you got. What you got on the slate here? What are you, what are you planning for Thanksgiving, man? What are you what's what's on deck for the big holiday? 
Couldn't be more boring uh, just staying at home with the family, not doing actually anything. I'm not even sure if I get turkey the day of. It might even be the day after. So I'm going to be uh, gambling heavily uh, and, and, and watching football. Uh, what about yourself? Well, I'll be doing that stuff. Uh, but uh, I, as I mentioned with Jonathan Taylor earlier, uh, I told him I was I'm responsible for all of the the cooking this year. Officially, Pat, oh. <laughs> mother in law is passing off the the turkey duties to me. So a lot of big pressure. I mean, I make the ham every year. I'm going to absolutely dominate the ham. No questions there. But uh, I'm, I'm officially taking over turkey duties. So um, we'll hopefully uh, be able to crush that thing in the big green egg, man. I look forward to the Instagram pictures. Yes, uh, the Instagram will be <laughs> popping for sure. Uh, I'll let you know how it goes. So, uh, wish me luck uh, because uh, there's nothing. Sure, yeah. There's no. There's no bigger yeah, rush. Pressure, like, yeah. Yeah. There's no bigger rush. Like I said, knowing that you could um, either come away as like the king of the event or absolutely ruin it for everybody. Um, you know, my dad will be in town. Uh, we're picking him up tonight uh, here on Tuesday, and you know, at least he's a good guy and will never actually tell me that I've completely <laughs> failed. Um, but I'll know. I'll know, and that's all that really matters. It's holidays, cool, man. man. Happy Thanksgiving to you and, and to everyone out there listening. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Appreciate you all. Uh, we are very thankful, by the way. I, I Just for a second, I'm very thankful to everybody that listens to the show. You know, it was kind of a big change taking it on, hosting every day. Um, and it just I, – I feel – very grateful that people have uh, tuned into the podcast. We've, you know, broken multiple records for the show. It's been a great year for the podcast. And I'm thankful, especially to guys like Dalton and Andy and Scott and Austin Eckler, who uh, bring so much energy to the show and make uh, my life easier. So I appreciate you guys. And I appreciate Lord podcast, especially the real hero of the show, uh, bringing this in every day is great producer. So shout out to everybody. Shout out to the whole Yahoo fantasy football forecast community and family. Very thankful for you guys. The feeling is mutual, man, and you've done a great job taking the reins, dude. Awesome. Really. Thank you. I appreciate it, Dalton. Well, uh, you know, like I said, thankful to everybody out there. Uh, Dalton will actually be back with me on Friday morning to preview the rest of the Week 12 games. Can't wait for that. Until then, we're out. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.